We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, August 31st, cut down edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartle here with Jake Letarski. Finally, I'm able to talk and uh, tweet at the same time. This is fantastic after the debacle last week starting the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a heavy, heavy cut down talk, especially Cam Newton in particular. There's a couple or there's a number of, of shocking cuts, I thought, from a team perspective. And then we'll also be hitting on the uh, over under win totals for some of these teams as we meander through. This is our last podcast, Jake, before we mm -hmm. do official free agent waiver wire podcast every Tuesday like we will throughout the rest of the season. So let's bask in this. Yeah. Let's enjoy it, and then we'll get to yep. it. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to come at you earlier in the day, starting the, the next couple weeks, try to get more shelf life. I know there are a lot of leagues that run waivers or run fab on Tuesday nights. Most of mine do Wednesdays. There's a couple of Thursdays mixed in. But uh, either way, we'll get you the early look at at all the waivers that you need to know. And, you know, a lot of leagues that do early drafts run that one fab right before and that last week before the regular season. And man. Damn, the first week it's coming up, you know, before before I know it, you know, we're going to have uh, Bucks and Cowboys playing on Thursday night, you know, probably the one good Thursday night game we'll have all year. See, but I actually think it's going to be a blowout. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the Cowboys and how much I think they stink. Oh, wait, that's foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited for it as well, too. I have yeah. a few, like, how many drafts do you have yet to go before you're done with draft season? I've got one important one, and then uh, I'll probably, like, run out the rest of my underdog best ball credits at some point here, too, just beforehand. Yeah, you know? I'm thinking of doing the same thing. I think I have, oh, man, it might be four. I have four drafts yet to go, and I'm not going to be like you and pr pretend they're not Please. important. They're all important. No, don't. We're not memeing already. We're a minute into the podcast. You're not memeing on me. We're not doing that. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun, and uh, I'm excited to kind of go over the free agents, especially after – the cut down today or cut downs today, which mm -hmm. there are plenty. I mean, there's going to be a lot of um, turmoil and upheaval when it comes to that back end of the roster. And I think but from a free agent perspective, that'll be good for us as we mm -hmm. get to the content next week, but that's next week. This is this week. And we have Cam Newton among the top cuts. Uh, I think one of the more shocking cuts on deadline day ever. I, I mean, like this was yeah. a guy that was sure. not more or less guaranteed the starting job for the Patriots, but I think a lot of people, especially mm -hmm. people here in the office, we're anticipating Cam Newton was going to be the slam dunk starter for the Patriots and not only slam dunk going to be going to be a fantasy mm -hmm. asset for them, especially where his ADP was currently. That's no longer the case. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I, I, we'll talk about more what this means for his fantasy stock, but just your overall thoughts when you first saw that. Maybe yeah. I mean, like everybody else, I assumed that he was going to be the starter. I was going to give him somewhere in the four to six game range uh, where, and then he was eventually going to get taken over because he can't go the other way around. Right. You know, you can't have the rookie start and then cam, you know, maybe lingering in the background to get in. But what I'm going to guess happened is there was some kind of closed door meeting 
with him and Belichick, where Belichick broke the news and Cam Newton did not react uh, kindly to that necessarily. So in a way, you could see this as the Patriots doing him a favor and uh, letting him go, letting him. I don't know which team he could possibly start for. You know, he's going to run in and take the job from someone. I mean, like maybe in Houston or I don't know. There are there aren't a ton of options here that he's going to suddenly become the starting quarterback. But uh, no, it's pretty surprising uh, from a fantasy standpoint. It doesn't do much for me. I mean, our rankings and projections are updated on Rotowire. So Mac Jones is up to quarterback 28, you know. So in your standard fantasy format, even in the 14 team leagues, he's barely being drafted, if drafted at all, or, or being purchased as a $1 player in salary cap leagues. So really, it only applies to two quarterback leagues. And, uh, you know, again, a hint of foreshadowing. I'm surprised I didn't see the Patriots over under win total move a little bit. I think they just get a pretty positive number because they're the Patriots and because people will assume Belichick will figure it out. But if your particular sports book has it at a certain number, I think I'm thinking we can, we can hammer the under on that pretty soon. Just because I don't really trust the rookie quarterback, especially with what seems to me like a pretty big lack of weapons. All right. Well, let's, let's kind of outline the situation again, because I think it's one of the bigger cuts that we've ever seen at this time period of the NFL season. So Cam Newton, obviously former MVP uh, last year, um, what would you say was his, how did he perform last year, in your opinion? Like average, below average, what you expected, which I mean, it could vary depending you know, on what it's spinning. We joke about the Cole Beasley line last week, you know, and I would say for quarterbacks, he was arguably below that line. You were relying on him to get rushing touchdowns, getting the short yardage rushing touchdowns, and, you know, 150 passing yards and an interception or two with maybe a touchdown mixed in there. That isn't going to cut it. I mean, we talk about the quarterback position being so deep. There are so many guys you can rely on for 20 fantasy points in a standard scoring format mm-hmm. in a given week. And Cam Newton wasn't one of those guys. And, you know, you look at the New England depth chart this year. I just don't see a ton of weapons here. I mean, their best pass catching or deep threat, Nelson Aguilar, you know, the tight ends, that position's definitely improved. They're always going to throw to the running backs a little bit. But Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers, I just... You know, it doesn't. It seems like this is a rebuild year, in my opinion, for New England. And I know Belichick and them will never admit it, but it just seems to me like they'll coast this year, let Mac Jones take his lumps here, and have a good draft next year when they're not necessarily having to pay a premium on a quarterback and 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 stock up those position players, maybe sign a skill guy or two, uh, and really get into contention next year and the year after. But this is the Bills' division through and through this year. I don't think I don't really see the Patriots being even remotely competitive in this one. I don't disagree with any of those points. And in fact, I'd throw the Dolphins in there too. I think even with Tua, um, I know there's discussion about if they, if they or if they are not interested in acquiring Deshaun Watson, okay, well, whatever. Uh, even with Tua as your quarterback, the Dolphins are going to be a playoff team this year. But that I, I think you're getting ahead of yourself. I mean, I, I was asking, what what was your opinion of Cam Newton last year? For me, mm-hmm. it, he performed to the expectations that I had, which is to say, not very good. I mean, I've been on the like the unpopular train here at Rotoware saying Cam Newton is not a very good quarterback anymore. I think uh, the lumps that he was put through in Carolina have affected his shoulder, have affected his ability to run around and do Cam Newton stuff. And and we're kind of caught in this Auburn past where we've seen him be electric and he's just not that guy anymore. And I thought at times last year we saw that guy, you know, the Seahawks specifically in week two, I think it was, but after, after the COVID thing, then he was like completely absent from, I think for most people's fantasy perspective and whether or not that was because of COVID, I don't know. That was the excuse that was given. Now we have this situation where he was gone for practice for four or five days uh, with like, quote unquote, not understanding the guidelines for COVID-19 restrictions. So then some people make the, I think, mm-hmm. logical conclusion that he's not vaccinated for COVID. Sure. That's a different thing altogether. And now we have the situation where mm-hmm. Mac Jones was able to capitalize on that, or at least in the mind of the beat writers and yeah. evidently the Patriots. Now we have mm-hmm. Mac Jones as the starter. So I think it's twofold. You're right. Mac Jones. Uh, and I looked at the NFFC before like this week, prior to today, Cam Newton was being drafted as quarterback 33 on NFFC mm-hmm. two fifty six yeah. ADP. So like outside mm-hmm. of that, I think in best ball formats, he's being selected there. Mac Jones is quarterback yeah. 30 at two forty two, like uh, two rounds mm-hmm. ahead of it. Yeah. I'll say, I'll say one more thing on that. The COVID thing, if anything, it's, you know, maybe a last straw, right? You know, maybe, maybe he'll go. I was thinking about teams he could sign with. Maybe he'll go over to the Vikings. He could fit right in with that culture there. But uh, no, the COVID thing, if anything, last straw. I'm guessing what, like I said, there's some kind of a meeting where he found out that he wasn't expected to be the starter. And, you know, people say, oh, well, maybe you could fit Cam Newton in as a Taysom Hill type gadget player. Maybe you can fit Cam Newton in as the goal line player, short yardage type of player. If you're Cam Newton, 
you're a former MVP. Do you really want to put your body on the line to be that kind of gadget player when the job's not yours, the team's not yours? And I'm thinking the answer is ultimately no, and they let him go for that. Yeah, it's a hard situation because that's where his strong suit lies, I think, at this stage of his career is that he can be that player, but still situationally could be a pass or two, I think, better than, than Taysom Hill. So you talked about teams where he can go to. The Texans were one. Like, Okay, it makes sense. Tyrod Taylor is currently the star. They have Davis Mills in the third-round pick. Deshaun Watson might be a, a, a quote-unquote healthy scratch uh, with the way his legal situation is unfolding right now. And, you know, there's a lot with that that is – too hard for mm-hmm. two fantasy analysts to just kind of touch on. So I'm, I'm moving past it. Maybe I'm cheaping yeah. out. Of that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it makes sense for Newton to go there. Newton might want to, I think that will build up Newton's value. And I would imagine he's mm-hmm. the starter over Tyrod, but I think the Texans more or less want to tank. And, and I think when you're having Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback, you have a much better chance at losing games than you have Cam Newton as much. As I don't like Cam Newton. So mm-hmm. that one's out for me. I think, the only likely scenario for Newton is a backup job for a team that needs a quarterback to compete. So I thought the Colts first off, uh, and, and that was like before the Carson Wentz news came out where he also is missing time because he's not vaccinated. So maybe that's a different scenario for Indianapolis too. They're without a lot of depth and Sam Ellinger now out for five to six mm-hmm. weeks as well, even war, even more yeah. so, but they're cap strapped. And yeah. I think they're, they're conscious of that. Mm-hmm. I Did you see who I joked about on Twitter at all? No, I did not. Okay, so I I threw out the Bills and I and I did it half heartedly uh, because Josh Allen also possibly not uh, anti-vax too, so he fits the locker room just fine, much like the Vikings joke that you made. Yeah. But, but on a serious note, like when I when I tweet, I'm like, oh wait, this I kind of like this actually. Josh Allen's special value to the NFL is that he can do a lot of running stuff and especially near the goal line. If the Bills want to be able to utilize him the way they did last year. That's the similar capacity. I mean, I keep hearing about why Josh Allen's great fourth round value because he can do this rushing stuff and he's going to get all these goal line opportunities. Literally, that's how you describe Cam Newton. So why Mm -hmm. wouldn't you want a similar type of guy to back up your starter? I don't think there's any question the $250 million uh, quarterback, I was going to say running back, not insulting Josh, the $250 million quarterback, the Bills might want to pull back some punches and they want to take it a little bit safer. But mm-hmm. if they have to put somebody in, Cam Newton kind of fills that Josh Allen yeah. mold. I, the, I tweeted out, and this is the first time my, my piddly little account, uh, you have it on YouTube here, but JB Fantasy Sports got some troll Bill fans to comment. I was, I was surprised. I really was commenting more so, I think Mitchell Trubisky, if Gardner Minshew gets a sixth round pick, Mitchell Trubisky could at least get a conditional seventh from somebody and you can sign Cam Newton for the minimum and you get some like New England Patriots insight. That feels like a slam dunk to me from the Bills perspective. Yeah, the Patriots insight. Yeah, the Patriots insight. Maybe, you know, if you really want to dive deep into the narrative X factor aspect of this thing, I was going to say by that same logic. I mean, how about how about the Ravens? You know, you get you get a, a running back heavy situation i mean cam newton definitely doesn't have the speed of lamar jackson but tyler huntley is currently the ravens backup you know if lamar jackson goes down they might be in trouble so that could be another destination for the same and you know an afc team maybe get some patriots insight uh yeah but no i'm really looking down these depth charts and i'm not finding a ton of great fits and the only place that he could go where he can maybe beat out the incumbent right now is is houston yeah, I, I agree with you. So from a fantasy perspective, we're completely out at Cam Newton. I have him in a, mm-hmm. I think a, in two best balls. Obviously that stinks. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be playing all that much. But from a fantasy perspective, mm-hmm. uh, redraft in particular, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I have a feeling we might talk about him once or twice. Mm-hmm. But this will be yeah. a situation where he's probably off our radar. And if he's off exactly. our radar, everyone listening wise, <laughs> you can just safely assume exactly. he's off first too. Yeah, I mean there might be a point way down the road in the season where he gets a nod as a uh, a waiver wire, depending on where he signs or something like that. But he's right now, he's undraftable in best balls. And even Mac Jones, barely draftable, given the situation there. Yeah, I'm okay with Mac Jones in certain situations. That offensive line is not bad for a rookie quarterback there. They're going to take it slow. And obviously, they assigned Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith for a reason, to be a little bit run heavy. And, and Damian Harris, I've seen everyone talk about him getting a boost. I agree with that as well. I'll, I'll probably move up like a, a round or two, yeah. even higher. I, I'd have to look at less, less quarterback sneaks projected. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to look at like where he would fit among my running backs overall. But I think Harris gets the obvious boost. Mac Jones is going to be serviceable in two QB leagues, I believe, at least a little bit later in the season. We know how teams tend to be with the rookies uh, a little bit slower. Don't put them out there too much. That's like one of the only reasons why I'm nervous starting Trevor Lawrence week one against the Texans. I'm still going to do it because I'm a psycho, but I, I like, that's one of those situations where Mac Jones, the Patriots can 
you know, opt to play it a little bit slower. By the end of the year, though, I do think in two QB formats, he can work and you're going to be able to get him really cheap. Again, his NFFC ADP was at a quarterback 30, 242, even that's if that skyrockets up to like 200 uh, in the Sam Darnold Carson once range, you're still talking about a guy that in most formats is readily available to be picked up. And I think in certain situations, you could start him. So let's move over to a couple of the other news and notes that occurred on this cutdown day. Michael Thomas is officially headed to the pup list. Uh, be, with that occurring, he's now ruled out until at least week seven against the Seahawks. So October 25th, uh, you, you had talked about, he had went for, I think we both have mentioned it, mm-hmm. $5 in our stake, in your stake league portion. Yeah, it was $5 to me. I, I yeah. took a risk, you know? I, and I think he went, yeah, um, seven in ours. Mm-hmm. That might've been it. Um, he went in another 12 teamer I did this weekend. He went $9, which is, you know, you got more news closer to that, but at the same time, it's a two keeper league with a little bit of inflation. And, you know, you get a couple guys a little tipsy towards the end to think, Oh, I've heard of this guy. He seems kind of cheap. We'll grab him. So $9 is, I mean, I don't think you go, you get to double digits in any real standard format. No, in, in a redraft league, um, 12 team format, I'm thinking around 10 or 11 is where I would probably take him at that point. Mm-hmm. And I had that decision actually in the Rotoware Online Championship I did a couple of weeks ago. I passed on him, took Curtis Samuel instead. Um, I more or less assume Michael Thomas could be in the pup list. I think most people did. This shouldn't yep. change many people's opinions. Um, but if you are someone that's like totally shocked by this, well, you should have been listening to our podcast sooner because we could have mm-hmm. given you some advice. But also, got to prepare. Got to prepare. Got to prepare a little bit better. That's mm-hmm. that's really my best advice Absolutely. in the situation. Are you buying? I got to ask. Are you buying the Marquez Callaway's theme? He had a couple good preseason games. Basically, our first notes as star of the show. He, <laughs> you know, a 40, 43 yard touchdown last week while being interfered with to cap off the opening drive. Had a really stellar one handed catch. He was. I think he went to, got up to double digits in our keeper league auction here. I mean, what price are you willing to pay for Marquez Callaway at this point? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I've been a little bit more on the Traquan Smith train because I thought he's got a little bit more of a, a role in that offense. Um, at, at least, least established, the, you know? Yeah, a little bit more established. That's a better way of saying it. Uh, in NFFC formats, he is around pick overall 100. So Jalen Waddle and Jarvis Landry sandwich his uh, value. I think that, you know, I think mean, it's fair. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. that's a little bit after Michael yeah. Thomas. Which I've got, I've got 95 over the last seven days here. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, you're right. I, I think that's okay. I'll be going for that direction. I'm fine with trick on Smith too. I will tell you for sure. Week one against the Packers, those guys will torch them. I, I, I know we're Packers fans here and we could sit there. I just think it's going to be Jameis Winston's thrown for 300. We're going to talk about LASIK Jameis Winston as like a top end Fantasy uh, quarterback Taysom Hill scoring at least one touchdown. Yeah, he'll throw that for three scores. Defense. He's going to throw three or two. No, 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 no. I mean, they, okay, they so look bad. They have who's Jair got week one? Who's got because because Winston can't even look his way or he's for sure getting picked. Right, I, I agree so with that. Does Jair cover Traquan Smith, Smith or yes. does he cover his? He covers his side, right? Because is Traquan Smith really that much better than Marquez Calloway? No. No, I think he covers so, Trayvon Smith. I mean, it'd be so great I'm, if he I'm could just find He doesn't cover Smith. He just, yeah, I was going to say, he, yeah, I think he's just going to cover his side, right? So he doesn't cover one of those guys. And then, you know, we'll see what we get from the other side. Yeah, I'm I'm confident one of those guys. And if I'm setting a DFS lineup, uh, I am I think my throw one of those guys in a tournament setting at one of those two Saints wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So um, other bit of news, we have Deshaun Watson, obviously, potentially healthy scratch. We already talk, talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, there has been an uproar of reports over the weekend that he was going to get traded. First it was to the Panthers. Then it was to the dolphins. Uh, then we had a few other teams like mix in there. And then the dolphins walked back with Brian Flores saying, you know, we want high character guys. Okay, great. You know, play, play coy all you want. I think it's a Sean Watson. His PR guy said, Hey Brian, you know, I need you to release a statement here. Right. And, and that's fine. I think that's a smart thing from the perspective of the dolphins. And I think whoever the reporter was that um, went that direction, over the weekend, Double Don said, I dare the Dolphins to say that I was wrong with my reports on the inside. I don't really care. I, I've I've not been somebody aggressively drafting Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. I've made it public in other forums, too. I just don't really like to draft some of these players with a B. Joe Mixon, Tyreek Hill, uh, Deshaun Watson. It just makes things harder for me as a fantasy fan. As no. a yeah, fantasy yeah fan, you have a conscience. I, I, don't. I, just, I don't, just want to win I money. Yeah, I don't care. Put put mixing on my teams if I have to, that nah. kind of thing. I if I can avoid him, I will. And I think that's the situation with Watson. And and it feels like the NFL is going that way too. If they can be as hands-off without actually uh taking any of the bad publicity, they're gonna go that direction too. So it's on the Texans to do the right th- right thing. And I put that in quotes again. I you know, I, I'm 
we, that's a wait and see in a, a different situation to kind of tackle altogether. I was a little bit surprised to hear that Irv Smith, I don't know, I must have missed this in the weekend or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Irv Smith is going to be heading for meniscus surgery. At times, this can be a season-ending thing, but most situations, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, yeah. it's normally like a month to like a month and a half type yeah. of deal. I, I'll, always, uh, weeks. I'll always preface this and say, to say I you know, fell a few classes short of my MD at UW-Madison, <laughs> um, but a meniscus is not, you know, Obviously, it's not your ACL, MCL, still a ligament, but you know, again, anecdotal. But I knew a kid in high school who just kept playing without a meniscus on both knees. You can play without it if you're not worried about, you know, it kind of the friction, it's scratching together. Obviously, there's long term effects there, but meniscus is the, probably the least serious of the whole thing. And yeah, give him a few weeks, if anything, for that to heal up. Um, but they did go out and trade for Chris Herndon. That's the uh, that that's the uh, big thing. Now, Herndon was a kind of a little fantasy flash in the pan with the Jets. He had some slight value in what was largely a tight end wasteland that season. And then last year, you know, he kind of started, it was either hurt or I forget if it was hurt or suspended, but he missed a bunch of time and then never, and then never really uh, came back around and got into a rhythm with that scary, bad offense here. So, I mean, if anything, I don't think it hurts Irv Smith a ton, but you're not going to be able to, if you waited on tight ends, you're not going to be able to use a guy like him. Um, yeah, that's late, one. Yeah. That's one less tight end for sure in that range. And I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a popular sleeper for a lot of people. Yeah. I don't. I. I'm not in on Chris Herndon. Are Are you like? Are you excited about him at all? No. I mean, if I'm going to punt tight end in DFS early in the season, maybe. But I, I was going to say it, it hurts Tyler Conklin more long term. I guess because you know at least Irvin Smith was the uh, high draft pick that was always gets stuck playing behind Rudolph Conklin. You know, would have had this position to himself if they wouldn't have. Uh, gotten help there but yeah now he's going to have to compete for snaps with Herndon I don't know I mean we've got a little less than two weeks before this season gets underway here so you know I don't know how much time he can catch up there but maybe he'll get on the field in week one um, I'll give you a, a biggest winner out of this trade and it's going to surprise you ready for it yeah let's hear it it's Tyler Croft the former Bengals tight end now over with the Jets I think Tyler mm-hmm. Croft actually I'm sorry not the former yeah well Bengals and Bills but I think he's going to actually be a little bit more of a factor than people want to recognize his career year was 42 receptions for 404 year, yards 4 mm-hmm. years ago with the Bengals so like let's yeah that temper, was the let's, that, let's temper that expectations was, yeah. a little well, that bit that was the Eifert getting hurt year right yeah, well, I think so. I, I'm I'm willing to guess. Like, I'm not a huge Ryan Griffin fan, who's the backup behind Croft. And I do mm-hmm. think we always hear that old adage: "All oh, tight ends, a young mm-hmm. quarterback's best friend." Yada yada yada. I mean, Croft did look okay uh, in mm-hmm. the few reps that Zach Wilson had against the Packers' third string defense mm-hmm. in the preseason. Like, I, I I find some situations in my mind where if I'm in a deep best ball, I think the NFFC best balls in particular, but even underdog in round 18. Like, if you're looking at tight end three. I think that can make some some sense um, if you are if you did like try try to avoid that position a little bit or wait. The ring light fell off. I hope that's not broken. Oh, you still look just as beautiful. You're fine. Thank you. Oh no, I got the big old lights on. I tried those today. I've never never really messed with the ring light before. I don't know. I was just here a little early and I was pushing buttons. But anyway, yeah. To be clear, uh, Croft and all these guys are watch this guys at best in any kind of standard format. If you're drafting this weekend, you know you're not really you're not really throwing a flyer out on them. Yeah, I would imagine no, but I would not be surprised if he is our tight end version of Dalton Schultz. Will we bring him up like 60% of the weeks throughout the year? I could see that happening uh, as we do officially start our free agent podcast portion next week, Tuesday. Before we get into a few of the other surprising cuts, and actually they were there a decent amount, let's get a word from our sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBook is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast, and WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, overrunners, round robins, live betting, and so much more right at your fingertips. If you want a break from sports betting, you can head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots. Uh, or even try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. It's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. And we'll just hit the, our, our sponsor as well from Dynasty Owner. Are you tired of the same old fantasy ball leagues that could cancel that for a year or so? Well, if that's the case, Dynasty Owner has your back. Go to DynastyOwner.com. New leagues for the 2021 season are forming now. 
Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap and real NFL player salaries for diehard fantasy football fans that want the real GM experience. Dynasty Owner adds a whole new level of strategy. Are you worried you won't be able to find anyone to play in your leagues? Well, don't, because Dynasty Owner's got you covered uh, with fantasy football enthusiasts just like yourself. You won't have to worry about finding any new players. You can choose to start a league. You can join an existing one or purchase a team from a previous owner. If you're serious about joining the big leagues, go to DynastyOwner.com and start your dynasty today. All right, so we talked about Cam Newton. Obviously, the biggest cut, I think, in some time at this point of the season, or like at this point, cut down season. But we have a couple of names. I mean, like, let's start first with a guy like Xavier Jones, who many people thought was a popular backup to Daryl Henderson when the news came out with Cam Akers now done for the season. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm almost certain if somebody doesn't pick him up, Xavier Jones will be back in the practice squad, and he'll probably be one of those guys that rotates uh, along that depth chart. But mm-hmm. – Kind of go credit goes to Jake Funk, the uh, seventh round rookie who obviously has a funny last name, two torn knees, twenty uh, three year old guy, but he clearly played his way onto the roster, and I think that Sony Michelle trade really hurt Xavier, Xavier Jones. And I don't think many people realized what kind of damage that would mean for Xavier. I can see it right now. The week three waiver podcast will be called we want the funk as the, uh, as the subtitle there, but no, if anything, this maybe validates Sony Michelle as having a role. I just don't see uh, Daryl Henderson coming in there and getting 30 touches a game. Somebody's going to have to spell him a little bit. They've always kind of, even when Gurley was there, they would always spell him for a couple different guys for at least, you know, five carries or something like that. So maybe Sony Michelle has more of a role, um, you know, maybe Henderson gets more than I look than I than I look for, but uh, I've actually got, you know, I've done a handful of league. I've got zero exposure to that backfield so far, and I'm not necessarily, I don't have any fear of missing out on that. Yeah, I agree. Our, our own uh, Harry Thompson tech guy w- has been trying to push Daryl Henderson on me in a keeper dynasty <laughs> format. And I'm like, no, I, I really don't always like, what do you mean? He's going to be no, a perfect RB2. And I'm no. like, no, no, sorry. Sorry. I'm a family guy. Uh, yeah, so that, yeah. Oh, that's what I was going for. <laughs> uh, Glad you picked up on that. Is friend, Francuela, what's her name? I forget. Consuela. Consuela. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm completely out on the. Uh, Rams backfield, maybe Sony Michelle. This will be the first time in his career that he comes back to bite me, but I will uh, uh, be comfortable mm-hmm. holding my breath on that one. We had Travis Fulgham, a, a, you know, Packers practice squad superstar, and obviously mm-hmm. Eagles guy, you know, yeah. that uh, get cut as well too. Obviously, the Fulgham experience was one that we talked about ad nauseum for. Oh yeah, a couple of weeks he was uh, he was year. one of the stars of our waiver wire <laughs> podcast last yes. year. It's like he uh, he comes out, he has a big game. And it's, oh, it's Travis Fulgham. Then he has another big game and another. Oh, it's like okay, maybe we should start <laughs> rostering him now. But I put him down there because you know he made our fantasy football best uh, you know a waiver wire awards necessarily last year, and now he is looking for a new team here. So you know, not much to go. They they've loaded up with young receivers, and if we've got a healthy Jalen Rieger, who I happen to like quite a bit, um, you know. Yep. You know, they don't they have no need to go that deep and they've got young guys too uh, you know yeah, i was gonna say 2019 second round pick jj jj ortega Whiteside uh was really the last man standing mm-hmm. on that depth chart currently number five quez have, watkins too right yeah yeah i mean he was last mm-hmm. year's oh, like fourth or fifth round pick as well too and yep. you have rager and devonta smith who are first mm-hmm. round pick sixth round pick for yeah please Watkins. and i mean and they, greg greg ward was technically the receptions leader last year and we've got him all the way down at four on the depth chart yeah yeah i mean it's that should just show you what mm-hmm. the injuries did to that Eagles receiving core last season, but also mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's one of those situations where Fulgham, he'll catch on. I, I think like Detroit makes a lot of sense. I, th- I feel like at one point he did spend a stint on their practice squad too. I could see him um, creeping back up in the NFL circles at some point, um, but that's another name. One that I'm I'm brutally upset about. This was not a great cut down period for me. I had the few Cam Newton shares in best ball, but John Brown, who I was pretty highly touting, uh, got cut by the Raiders as well too. I think John Brown can be a pretty good wide receiver. And I wonder if it's one of those situations where Brian Edwards kind of emerged as that outside guy. They wanted to go younger and they said, Hey, John, we'll Mm -hmm. we'll cut you, give you an opportunity to catch on elsewhere to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a a gesture of good faith, because I I think the Raiders could have used him. Even if Brian Edwards did emerge, like some people think I'm, I'm surprised with this and disappointed. I like John Brown. I think he'd be a good player. Yeah. Maybe he's not quite fully healthy or recovered yet, but at the same time, you got a 20 year old, two year old kid in Henry Ruggs, who is, basically your big play kind of deep ball guy, right? You know, he ran that four two seven, and, you know, hasn't necessarily been quite as injured uh, over the past couple seasons here. Young guy can take the top off the defense. That's essentially what John Brown did in Arizona and what they were hoping he would do in Buffalo before the injury. So 
Um, I guess not too surprising there. You can only need one or two of those guys. And a guy like John Brown's probably not going to play any special teams at this stage in his career. So thinking about those factors, it's no surprise to see him get cut. That's true. A couple of running backs uh, that got cut, especially backup guys, Devonta Freeman, who caught on late with the Saints, was making a push to bump out Latavius mm-hmm. Murray. The team opted to go with Murray and his mm-hmm. three point yeah. $3.5 million cap hit. We had Darwin Thompson get cut from the Chiefs, which – you know, I don't, I don't know if it's all that surprising, but I think uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I might have been a season too early on the hype train for yeah. him. Uh, that and many that was a big old there. takes exposed this week, right? People thinking Darwin Thompson was going to be the next big thing. Yeah, I mean, Daryl Williams, Mario always says Daryl Williams is a fullback. So it's really Jarek McKinnon that if you are going to have uh, backups that you want to target for the Chiefs, that's the guy. But we also know McKinnon's, McKinnon's injury history isn't insane or is insane too. So it's not a, you know, Fantastic one. Jalen Samuels, uh, popular target that we had mentioned before as a going to the Rams was cut by the Steelers, not surprisingly. And then Jordan Howard also cut by the Eagles. I'm not surprised that he was cut by them, but they also released carry on Johnson and they didn't play Jordan Howard in last week's preseason game with the assumption that he was going to be on the team. So I don't know if the Eagles kind of changed at the last second, the direction. I'm not that Jordan Howard is this explosive player by any means. And you talk about special teams. Is he really doing that either? But mm-hmm. uh, a bit of a boost, I think, to Boston Scott certainly is a backup option. Maybe Miles Sanders, too, uh, knowing that the goal line tar- targets can't possibly be-, yeah. be vultured by Jordan Howard. I mentioned Kenneth Gainwell as like a crazy deep sleeper a couple shows ago on that podcast. And uh, I don't know, you know, if I, you're not super confident in the Sanders injury history or just the overall, you know, ability there at this point, you know, he's, he hasn't quite had that big season yet. And it's been a few years in the books. I don't know. Maybe I could see Gainwell getting a shot towards the end of the year when they're uh, when they're well out of the playoffs and and uh, you know someone that if you can get them cheap and in any kind of dynasty or keeper format, maybe there's a, a spot to rotate them over. For sure. Uh, we also had uh, Divine Zigbo and Corey Clement of the Jaguars and Giants, respectively. Cut Clement was obviously the it was between Devontae Booker and I think Clement and Booker seemed to have the inside track from day one. So our our own Wisconsin native, right, our, our UW Madison alum, who uh, made the tremendous catch for the Eagles, is now on the fridge and wire, which is not surprising to me at all. Uh, from the wide receivers perspective, Kadero Hodges from the Browns, uh, you know, Anthony Schwartz was kind of the the last man standing, their third round pick, and they also invested one in Donovan People Jones last season too. So the Browns, besides Odell and Jarvis Landry, a little bit younger too at that front, makes sense with Hodge and Philip Dorsett. One of those, uh, it was supposed to be like the changing the atmosphere around, changing the culture, cuts for Jacksonville while he's gone. Uh, apparently fast is not a culture trait, so they they realized that. I, mean, I don't know if too late. I can't make any more jokes. And then Wayne Gallman, actually, too, a little bit surprising from the Niners' perspective. Some people were taking Wayne Gallman as the backup, backup, backup to Raheem Mostert, uh, Elijah Mitchell, and Trey Sermon. Well, that's no longer the case, and I think he, along like with Cam Newton, no way I'm drafting them in best ball. I think they've kind of completely yeah. fallen out of favor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a little surprising. Jeff Wilson went on the pup list today, and, you know, Jermichael Hasty, I guess, beat him up for the spot. Yeah, yeah. And, and it wouldn't be a podcast with me without talking about the Chargers to some extent. Mm-hmm. We had Michael Badgley, who I imagine for most people is bigger news, cut today. That's not surprising mm-hmm. if you've been following that at all. He was struggling mightily in practice. Uh, Tristan Visciano is going to be the guy now for the Chargers, so can't wait to watch him blow a few games over the next two years. And, of yep. course, can't wait to see Michael Badgley catch on. Yep. Uh, Young Wei Koo for the Falcons mm-hmm. and also Josh yep. Lambeau were two previous Chargers kickers who are now doing great things elsewhere. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, that'll be fun to see. I, I got a couple more for you because this is a live show. And Let's go. All right. Let's- Cuts are coming through. Well, first one, this isn't a cut. Michael Thomas officially on the reserve pup list, okay? So, uh, number one, you've got that there. That makes it that he cannot come back until week seven, which is Monday, October 25th. So, uh, adios until then. And also, sandwiching this uh, this news on our news feed, we have both Kevin White and Chris Hogan being cut by New Orleans. So, they're really... Uh, that depth chart there is, I mean, you know, I'm starting to wonder who's all left. Today here. I learned that Kevin White was on an NFL team. That's yes, exactly. So shocking. So, I, I yep. should say something. I knew Chris Hogan was on the Saints mm-hmm. before I knew Kevin White. I have Kevin White's autograph rookie card in my house right now. And I've been like trying to sell off all these really crappy players. Oh, I keep looking. I'm like, I hate you. You were so much money because you were supposed to be so mm-hmm. good. Injuries obviously ruined his career. I don't even know yep. if he catches on with the practice mm-hmm. squad yeah. at this and, point. And then just rounding out quick hits, uh, Isaiah Hodgkins, Chad Beebe, both cut. 
Tariq Cohen is on the reserve pup list. So that kind of wraps up the extra ones that we wanted to add. Since How dare you forget my guy, Tyron Johnson. I, that one's a stunning one to oh, me. And okay. I was pushing Tyron Johnson a little bit as a late, very late best ball pick, especially an underdog, like that round 17 to 18 spot. I thought he was going to win the number three job. Josh Palmer instead, rookie third round pick is getting to go. And uh, they have little speed. Very, very little speed. Jalen Guyton's going to be your speed option, and he's not a very good wide receiver. So Chargers offense looks a little bit different than I would have anticipated following the cut down day. That's it. That's most of the big news. Uh, if there's any other players that you really feel like we missed out, you can always yell at us on yeah. Twitter. I definitely uh, I, didn't expect to spend 35 minutes on roster cuts today. That's for sure. You we'll didn't know to, you were doing a podcast today. Yeah. Like, clearly, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, I was going to say, we. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought, I mean, I knew the Cam Newton thing would be big, but then after that, they're. Yeah, plenty of those. So we'll probably have to speed through these uh, these win total over-unders here in the Which second Which is half. good. We, we can do that. Before we do that, though, I actually want to get a word from one of our comments we've got. Kyle Ellis asks us, PPR keeper, DK Metcalf, for Terry McLaurin, Juju Connor, and a fourth-round pick and a sixth-round. So he says we can keep three players every year. They already had the draft, so those picks are for next year. Round four in this league have better players than usual. So uh, you trade DK Metcalf for McLaurin, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, a fourth round pick and a sixth round pick. Ooh, I'll tell you my gut, you know, on this, I'd want to look into a little bit more, but my gut is you want to keep DK Metcalf, man. He's the best player in that entire group of players. And, you know, Juju and Connor after this year, who the heck knows what you're getting out of them, right? You scary right. Terry. Sure. You get a fourth and sixth rounder. It's a fair deal. I wouldn't blame you for doing it, but my first gut instinct when looking at a trade is uh, number one, Get the, best player, the best player, yep. get the best player in the deal. And the best player in that deal is DK Metcalf. Yeah, you're always leaning that way, and I agree. I would caution, I'll tell us to anyone, whether on Sirius XM, the radio, or doing the podcast with you, it's great to have these big pieces go into one big player. I'm totally fine with those trades, but you have to understand who do you have to cut. So it's not like a one-for-one -one type of thing. You have mm -hmm. to then cut some players. Now, if you're back into the roster, mm -hmm. is kind of crappy. Fine. I mean, there is valuable depth to be made for Juju Smith-Schuster, not so much James Conner. And those fourth and sixth round picks, you would know more than I would about that when it comes to your value in your league. But if you have to cut some guys that you think could pop off uh, later in the season, I don't think this is worth it. On top of giving up the best player in Metcalf, that makes me a little bit concerned. So I, I would say I'm kind of riding the fence. Like if you really have nobody else depth-wise, you think you could maybe compete this year. The step down from Metcalf to McLaurin is less than you might think, and, and maybe that's kind of crazy to say. I really believe McLaurin's good, and I think by the this time next year, he's an easy mm -hmm. late second, early third round pick, especially with Ryan yeah. Fitzmagic throwing it. But just be careful what happens to the rest of your roster if you do take mm -hmm. on a bunch of these junk ones. So, yeah, I just I don't I don't see McLaurin's good. Don't get me wrong. I just don't see McLaurin elevating himself to a potential first round pick especially next year it's in who knows if it's magic will be around still um whereas dk metcalf could come up as the uh as the wide receiver number one and it wouldn't shock me one bit i'm still learning these fun streamyard things so i'm able to show the the comment that we had after the fact that we discussed it but you can look at it more jake and study if there's anything else that you think yep. while i read no, I, this. I still see it on the side here on our little oh okay well bar, so. good well mm -hmm. anyone out there also you know watching on you know on any of the other platforms you can also see the question too while we discuss uh, a word from our sponsor sleeper what do your fraternity brother steve katie from work and your grandma all have in common well they're waiting for that invite to your fantasy football league there's no better way to hang out no easier way to talk smack and no more customizable platform to host your fantasy leagues on this year than sleeper whether you have a redraft league or a dynasty league that's been around for 10 years sleeper is everything you need in one app incredible commission tools and customizations built-in messaging support for snake draft auction draft and best ball leagues blazing fast news stats scores and all in a beautifully designed mobile app and website that makes every other app feel like a horse and buggy. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy sports platform for a reason, and all cool commissioners are switching to Sleeper and not looking back. Don't just take my word for it. Download Sleeper on iOS or Android and see for yourself. You have nothing to lose. It's free. Let's also get a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, we're back, and we are ready to touch on the NFL, not just NFC or AFC, NFL over-under win totals for the season. Now, we obviously have uh, certain things in mind, like we are sponsored by WinBet, so can't necessarily talk about some other one of these formats. Uh, or we're just, just going to call this a consensus Las Vegas <laughs> no, I like that. Yes. Uh, odds. Yes. So I but, found these. I don't know. Do a Google search. You'll find what I found. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. As everyone who's listening on their you know cars and radios and yeah. podcasts, just do a Google search and you'll be fine. You'll be able to follow along. Yeah. No, perfect. Exactly. <laughs> well, here in Wisconsin, we don't we can't quite uh, get access yet. We're a little behind the times here in the state of Wisconsin. Hopefully, we'll get there eventually. So, uh, but yeah, there are there are plenty of sources out there. Obviously, our preferred one is WinBet. If you have access, if you're in a state that can use WinBet, absolutely go for that. But uh, anyway, we're we're gonna go through some consensus numbers here. When we talk are you cool with baseball. starting in the AFC first? Like I'm thinking AFC North. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll just kind of work our way down. If there's extra t- comment or first, um, do you want to keep track of these and do a board bet to see? Yeah, what's more right. Okay. Uh, All right. I, I, at least at least we could say like we're confident on X, Y, or Z. Like I, I don't feel mm-hmm. like I should be board betting with you yeah. 32 different times, but there's probably instances where three or four, we could definitely disagree. So we'll start first with the Ravens again, the AFC North division over under 11 wins this season. I'm going to go over. I don't think the running back injury actually means that much. And they are the best team in the division by quite a bit. And this is hard because I wish I could be looking at the schedule. I'm already going to be taking up like 30 minutes, just kind of yeah. wave, wavering back and forth. Yeah, these got to be quick hits here. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. I, I can't. Uh, I think I'm going to also take the over or at least right at 11. I, I don't see mm-hmm. there being a scenario where the Ravens win less than 11 games. So I'm couching it right there with the over as well. Yep. Okay. So how about the Browns here? Their number is 10 and a half. And even in a set, remember 17 game season, if a lot of these numbers sound high, I'm going to go under on the Cleveland Browns. Mm. I think they're going a little bit, they're getting a little bit, a little hyped. Okay, and I'll take the over. I think you look at the All Browns' right. schedule, there's a reason they're one of our top defenses, is not, and it's not just because they have the talent. I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to get destroyed once again by the over snaps on his head uh, two times a year. I, I'm, I'm taking the Browns on the over 10.5 wins. Let's move over to the Steelers at 8.5. I'm going over on the Steelers. I know they've got a bad offensive line, but I think Big Ben can squeeze one more year in them, and they'll just make the playoffs. All right, so here's our wild card. here's our first one. I I think for sure they are going to go under on this. I look at that Steelers schedule. They they are going to struggle. I think the offense can do things well enough, but that offense line is a problem, and we aren't discussing enough. I will be absolutely willing to put a Culver's board bet on the line. Steelers under eight and a half wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the bets overall, right? It's not we're not going one on one, right? Oh, so it's okay. So it's like uh, whoever gets the most out of thirty two, right? Most out of thirty two. Let's just pick like eight. This Obviously. is fine. We can negotiate the this yes, the, yeah. what Let's, happens here with the actual board bet, but that's one of the ones I, I feel pretty like that's feel really strong. Steelers under eight mm-hmm. and a half wins. Let's go over to the Bengals at six and a half uh wins over under Jake. I'm going under. 
Okay. If I give you my reasoning for every single one of these, we're going to go for another hour here. I, I mean, okay, so under, I I think Burrow's good, um, but there are just too many holes on that team. And uh, they'll show flashes in the pan, but they're not going to be ready to break up until next I'm gonna pick. I'm going to pull a Jake and just say under and move on as well. Yes, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, I'm not sure the Bengals are the team really to be threatening that division. Let's go over to the AFC South. Over under nine wins for the Colts. I'm going over Wentz probably back, you know, depending on the on the COVID situation. Offensive line, excellent. Running game, excellent. Defense, excellent. I, I'm with you. I think if if they win nine games, that's like the floor. Um, anything more than that. So I'll take the over on that by default because I don't think they're going to go under. Let's go Titans over under nine wins. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go over here as well. Um, you know, possibly one of the sleeper best offenses in the league. I just love all their weapons here, and I think they got just enough defense to get it done. Yeah, I, I think not discussed enough is how miserable this division is as a whole, especially if the Colts continue to have their issues with COVID and everything else. Over, and I'll take the Titans to win the AFC South as well. I think mm-hmm. uh, 10 and a half, 11 wins would be where I'd be going with that team. And their defense can't possibly worse than it was last year. So very clearly over for me with the Titans at the nine. Let's go over to Jacksonville, six and a half over under. I'm going to go over on this one too. I like our Meyer in his first year. I like what he's done with that team. Again, even with the running back injury, they've got enough to get it done. By February, late February of this year, we are going to be discussing Urban Meyer as one of the worst coaches in the NFL. I am taking the under on these six and a half wins as a result of that. And I feel pretty confident that uh, besides Trevor Lawrence, nothing will be happy uh, in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Finally, rounding out the AFC South Houston Texans. I have said they are not an NFL franchise. They have four wins. Does four wins make them an NFL franchise? Do you are taking the over on that? I'm going to take them with the number one overall pick in the next draft. I think two wins, even in a 17-game season, is where we get, so we're going under. Yeah, I think I'll take the under on two wins. I If they win more than a game, I'm going to be stunned as well. Definitely taking the under, and that might be one of those I'll smash uh, yeah. if we were to have legal betting here in Wisconsin. Let's go over to the AFC East. Buffalo Bills over under 11 wins. I'm going over. This is definitely the Bills division year. I mean, the Patriots just got possibly worse, if 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 anything, admitting they're in a rebuilding year. So uh, I think that they are, you know, leaps and bounds better than any other team in this division. Completely agree with you. I'm on the over on that one. I think they are going to be among the uh, top teams in the in the AFC as a whole. I think they're going to be the number two seed in the AFC. Let's go over to the Patriots at nine and a half. Uh, I, this won't correct me if I'm wrong. Is this line after the Newton release? I checked it right before the show on six different books, and I'm still seeing nine and a half as the line after the Newton release. So I guess Vegas and the odds makers still have confidence in betting in Belichick. It's kind of feels like a trap, but I'm going under and I'm going to call this one of my best bets, at least with Cam Newton. I would think maybe starting half the season, they'd have a chance to go maybe nine and eight and make the playoffs or possibly squeak out that 10 win with the coaching and the rest of the personnel being as good. Them releasing Newton to me makes it seem like it's a rebuilding year and nine and a half, just way too high. I don't think the difference between Mac Jones and Cam Newton is that much, but I'll still take the under because everyone talks about those offseason additions and how good they were. I, I think they kind of wasted the money at a lot of different spots, and I'm I'm not convinced that really did much to turn their season total wrong. Bill Belichick is amazing. Uh, I think that division is pretty hard for the Dolphins and the Bills. I'll take under nine and a half wins for the Patriots. Let's move over to those Dolphins. Where do you have them at with uh, the over-under of nine and a half for their I'm, total? I'm going to go under nine and a half, just under. I'm looking at, I'm thinking nine and eight for those guys. I mean, they were barely a 500 team, uh, you know, with Fitzpatrick last year. I'm not quite sure I see Tua making this giant leap forward to get them to 10 wins. So they're going to kind of be a middling franchise to me. I'll take the over uh, or right at that point. Like I think nine and eight is, is a pretty reasonable number. I don't feel strongly, but I'll take the over just to, to stick with that one. And then we'll uh, round up the AFC East with the jets at six. You, you cheated. You put push. I didn't know we could say push. I would have done that three times Mm -hmm. now. All right. You're going to make me pick one. Yes, you have to. Uh, I'm going to go under just because it's the jets. All right, I agree with you. You you made me go in my squeaky high voice, and I'm, you know how dare you make me do that? But I completely agree. Under six wins for the Jets. I need to see it first before I feel like that miserable franchise is there's less. Just, there's less not less enough talent good. there yet. There's not. Yeah. They need they need at least one more good draft with one more high draft pick. I agree. Uh, AFC West Chiefs at over under twelve and a half wins. That's I believe lot. that is the highest mark in the Out entire National Football League, and I'm going to actually take the over on that. I think they can get to to thirteen again. You're going to expect the best offense in the league with a competent defense and uh, 
Chiefs roll once again, as long as they avoid, I mean, you put the asterisk by any of these, as long as they avoid injuries, but as long as Mahomes are quarterback for 15 games, they're going to win 13 of them. I'll take the over on that one too. Not that I feel super confident, but I feel confident enough over uh, 12 and a half wins. That's that feels like a fair mark. Uh, let's go over to the chargers surprised that they are the second highest wins in the division right now at nine and a half uh, in the AFC West. Where do you have it over under nine and a half wins? I've got them as maybe being in the wild card contention at nine and eight. I don't quite see them getting to 10 wins this year. So nine and eight's my pick. Uh, they're taking a step forward. They've got some talent there. Um, I'm not quite sure it's enough, though. I'll go under as well, as much as I like the Chargers, and hopefully my days of writing the game recaps become less miserable with all yeah. the losses and wins or whatever, more losses than not. I, I think under is about right, too, and I agree with you. Nine and eight, I think, would be a really good first season uh, with Brandon Staley as your head coach. Got to see him do it mm-hmm. before I feel confident. Broncos, listen, eight and a half. They don't have Aaron Rodgers, so therefore their mm-hmm. win total is not great. Teddy Bridgewater is your starting quarterback for yeah. Denver. You could yeah, argue they- that when you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, and for that reason, I'm going under. Under um, whether they flip them around, however this goes, it's just bad for the team. Yeah, it'll still somehow be good for Noah Fant. I'm pos- I'm pretty confident in that. But outside of that, uh, I I just don't see it. I'm going to go under here. You can argue they have two quarterbacks. I'll argue they have zero. I'm also taking the under. Uh, eight and a half seems a little bit too aggressive for me. Going over to the Raiders, over under seven wins. I'm going to go over on this one. I think they'll still just miss the playoffs, but I think they have enough to get to seven or to get to eight. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the over as well, too. At first glance, it's like, that seems to be pretty aggressive. That offense is better um, this 17 season. 17-game season, remember. So all these numbers are going to look high compared to what we're used to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, I think the defense is bad, but, you know, they, there's a shot in that division when it really is just one team, the Chiefs, and those guys beat up each other so often. I think they could do it over seven wins for the Raiders. Let's move over to the NFC. we get the Packers at over under 10 wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Aaron Rodgers under center, that's a pretty given yeah. over did, for both of us. Did anyone right? think either of us were not going to pick the over on this? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is back. There's nothing to worry about. I don't know if they necessarily got a ton better but they're the NFC championship team last year with what they got. I think Rodgers and what could be his last year comes out with a fire, gets him to 12 wins. Yeah, I think more importantly, the division just as a whole didn't get a lot better. I don't think the Vikings or Bears are really threatening you, especially with the Bears having Matt Nagy and you know the Vikings doing whatever their Viking stuff is. So yeah, I, I think clearly over 10 wins for the Packers feel safe. How about Vikings over under nine wins? I, I'm taking the under on this one. I'm worried about the quarterback room missing a couple of games. And, uh, you know, just a, just a weird dynamic for those guys. I'm, I'm My gut reaction is under. They're going to have two wins against the Lions, one against the Packers, because that's just what happens. So yeah, three split. wins out of the division, I, I I think for sure. I have no idea what happens to the Bears. I'll take the over on the nine wins, I think, or push like you like to do the, the cop-out way. Uh, that'll be yeah. pretty close. Bears over under seven and a half wins. Um, I'm going to go under. Again, having two quarterbacks is just as good as having zero. Dalton's below average at this point of the, his career, or you have a rookie that with a ton of question marks and not really a whole lot of weapons there either necessarily. I mean, yeah, Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, those guys are all right, but uh, I'm going under on these guys. Fields is going to win five games. I just think Dalton's going to win maybe one. So I'm taking the under as well, too, on this. And, you know, for as bad as that offense might be with Dalton under center, I think the defense is a little bit worse as well, too. Kyler Fuller to Desmond Trufant, who's now not on the team. That's a pretty noticeable gap. Uh, and you still need to have guys like Roquan Smith really break out before you can be uh, considered people that can win on your defense alone. So I'm under on these seven and a half wins for the Bears. Going over to the Lions, uh, four and a half wins. You know, we talk about the Texans not being an NFL franchise on the Lions, and we right there too. This is a very clear under for me. But what do you have with the number two pick in the 2021 <laughs> NFL or 2022 NFL draft? The Detroit Lions will be on the clock. I've got three wins for them, just a hair better than the Texans. Okay, all right, three wins. See, I you know this 17 game season has been kind of wild out because I three wins feels like a good season for uh, Dan Campbell in his first year with Detroit going over to the NFC South. We have the reigning defending champions, Tom Brady, mean the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, list at over under 12 wins. And they play in an NFC South division that has nobody over, over 10 wins projected. So where do you stand with the Buccaneers, man? This is another one. I wrote push. Cause I think they're going to get 12 wins under, but if you're going to make me pick one, I guess I'm going to go under, but I will be expecting the push here. I'll take the over and I'll take the Buccaneers at the number one overall team too. I think that NFC South division is miserable and you look at their schedule. It's just mm-hmm. ridiculously easy. Once again, the NFL has set the stage for Tom Brady to be successful just like they yeah. did last year in the NFC championship. 
Man, I really hate predicting his demise, but one of these years we'll get that right. You need to react more to me trolling people when I talk about the Packers being gifted a loss by the referees because the NFL did that. I need somebody else to like bounce off with those jokes. You're shaking your head. What are you talking no, about? They just sometimes they just fly over my head, and I'm already I'm already thinking about if uh, I'm going to take the over under on the Saints at nine. Fine. All right, over under Saints nine wins this season. Man, you know, even though I think they'll be a better fantasy team than a real life team, I'm inclined to say over on this one. I wish there was a 0.5 somewhere. If it was nine and a half, I'd go under, but at nine, I got to make a call. I'm going to go over. That's that's true. If it was nine and a half, it's very clear under for me. I'm still going to go under at nine wins right now. I think that team is sneakily not very good in the Panthers and Falcons. At least the Panthers can be competitive this season against the Saints. The Buccaneers are going to destroy them both times. Going over to the Panthers, seven and a half over under. Where do you got that? Like I said, I, I think Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than people give him credit for. I'm go, I'm going to take the over on this one. Boy, this is tough. I think I'm going to take the under. Um, their defense looked pretty undisciplined. I, I'm not sure Sam Darnold completely changes that offensive narrative, despite DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey back. I, I'm not positive. They're going to be one of those teams that has a chance to win every week, but might not have the coaching staff or whatever else, like the Chargers in like every other year, have those types of it capabilities to get wins. I'll take under for the Panthers. And then Falcons over under seven and a half wins, also tied with the Panthers at the bottom of the NFC South Division. Yeah, I'm going to say under, uh, you know, new new head coach, a lot of offense, not a whole lot of defense here. I think they'll get so far before, you know, maybe kind of giving up on it towards the end of the year. So I'm going to go under. Yeah, clearly uh, under for me as well, too. I, I'm I'm right there with you as far as the seven and a half. I've typed under so many times. It feels like it's like I'm spelling it weird. Mm-hmm. Am I? Sp- it's just oh, I'm, I'm losing my mind. We yeah, got no, you're losing up. it. You're losing it. <laughs> We got eight teams. Quick. Let's All right, here we go. Here. NFC East over under nine and not just nine. <laughs> I wanted to add a half. Nine wins for the Cowboys. Where do you have I, it? You know, I think with Dak back, uh, this offense gets to be um gets to be back to what we expect of them. I'm gonna go over. They've got, you know, an emer- they've still got Cooper, they've still got Gallup, who I've thought high of a breakout CD Lamb. Zeke's still Zeke. They're gonna get it done. They're gonna go over and win the division. Yeah, they got four wins against the Giants and Eagles guaranteed this season, even if Dak is not Dak and is not back. Wow, weird rhyming. I'll still take the over on the nine wins for the Cowboys. Over under eight and a half wins for Washington. That's kind of a surprise. I've seen Washington listed higher at times, but over eight and a half or under eight and a half. I'm going to take over eight and a half. I think Fitzpatrick is still an eight and eight quarterback, and maybe they get that 17th game here to just sneak into a wild card spot or at least be in the con for a wild card spot. Yeah. I actually take them over nine and a half. So eight and a half is totally fine with me. I like them quite a bit. The giants under or over seven wins. I'm going to go under. I just think the franchise still has a whole lot more uh, uh, building to do to become a, a complete team. And they're not quite there yet. And I'm not that confident in Danny dimes. That'll still be enough to make them, have some good fantasy assets. That doesn't scare me off of Saquon Barkley, but as a team, I'm going under. Yeah, sorry, Chris Liss. I think the Giants are definitely under, and I could even go uh, with the number three overall pick the Giants select. I think they are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Uh, this season, rounding at the NFC East, we have the Eagles over under six and a half wins. I like Jalen Hurts as a possible DFS quarterback more than I like rostering him on my fantasy, on my season long fantasy roster on a week to week basis. And he's going to take his lumps and the Eagles will not find seven wins this season. So I'm going to take the under on six and a half. I'll go under as well too. I think this is close. I think they get six wins this year. So six or seven could be the difference. I'll take the under, but it's it's definitely near that point. Uh, Let's move over final division. For this podcast, Rams at uh, listed as the co-favorites with the 49ers. Rams at 10.5 over under wins. What do you got, Jake? I took the under, and I'm really, really on the fence about this one. I could see it going over. Stafford might help them if he can stay healthy. That seems like a, a pretty big if. You know, I know he'll tough games out, but eventually it's going to catch up to him. Uh, I'm I'm taking the over on that. I think I've, I was lower on a couple divisions, NFC South in particular, with the idea that the NFC West will just kind of get a few more wins. And, you know, I have no idea if that correlates or not. I don't think they actually play each other. But in my mind, that's where I'm going. We have to have mm-hmm. some people over, some people under. NFC NFC West is going to be the division. I'll take the over on 10 and a half wins. I'll also do it for the 49ers. But mm-hmm. what do you have for the 49ers at 10 and a half wins? Are you taking over or under? Yeah, I feel like if I'm going to go under on the Rams, I got to go over on the 49ers. I have maybe even more confidence in the coaching, the running game, the defense, you know, getting healthy with Bosa back uh, all around. They're just a very good team. Yeah. One of the, I, one of, besides the Bucks, one of the scariest threats to the Packers, I think. 
Yeah, I, I'm right up. I, I agree. I think the Niners win that division, um, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing half the games this season, much less Trey Lance. I'll take the over of 10.5 wins for the Niners as well, too. The Seahawks is tough. If you if you could do the push thing that I was teasing you about, I yep. would take push on the over-under 10 wins for the Seahawks mm-hmm. this season. I'll go over just because we have to decide something. Yep. Which direction are you going? I actually went over on the Seahawks, and part of that is, you know, just logically, if I went under on the Rams, you know, I'm going to take the other two teams as the over, but I still think Russell can cook just enough to get them 11 wins and sneak into a wild card. All right, rounding out the NFC West in the last of our over-unders, the Cardinals at 8.5 wins over under that, Jake. I'm going under because the division's so stacked and because, you know, Cliff Kingsbury and company, you know, I'm not quite sure that that whole scheme is going to uh, is going to transfer over to the NFL just yet. I think it's going to be fun fantasy numbers, but not necessarily equate to real life wins. So I'm going under eight and a half. Eloqu- eloquently put, I completely agree with everything you said. Do you have any best bets out of this group? I, you know, I'd have to kind of look over mine, but do you have any over right now at least? Yeah, yeah. So a couple of the, that were my favorites here. Uh, obviously, the Patriots under nine and a half. Uh, you know. You seem to think that the Mac Jones Newton split isn't necessarily uh, is 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 closer than we we think. I think it was a little bit further apart than we think. I think you go with Newton if you want to try to squeak out eight and eight and or nine and eight this year and make the playoffs. You go with Mac Jones if you want to let him take his lumps and be a rebuilding year. I'm going to go bet against Belichick and go under nine and a half wins. Another under I like was the Bears. I just don't think I could see Nagy getting fired midway through the season here. And, uh, you know, the quarterback back and forth being such a mess under seven and a half. And, you know, partially because of the uh, I got two overs for you, too. Again, I love the Cowboys with that offense and hopefully the quarterback being at full strength going over nine wins, especially in that bad division and the Bills over 11, just because I don't see any other team in uh, the Bills division really pushing them. And that's kind of coinciding directly with my Patriots under nine and a half. Good. I think it's a great breakdown. And just for us on the Tuesday edition of the Rotowear NFL podcast, sponsored to you by WinBet. Next week, we are officially back, ready to go, giving you your waiver wire pickups ahead of the week one contest. Yes, next week, week one contest. Buccaneers, Cowboys, that's going to be slaughtered by Tom Brady and the refs. Uh, but that will be a good one. And we officially have the start of the regular season. Thank you for listening uh, along with us as we've gone through a lot of these different strategies. And, uh, you know, here you have the over under totals. It's been great going over that. But I'm excited to finally get to the bread and butter of what uh, the Jake yeah. and Joe combo does best. We sure covered a lot today. I'm a little bit out of breath. I'm not going to lie. You know, I guess I won't have to exercise tonight. But um, but no, it's been great, and uh, look, we'll look forward to you next week talking about uh, you know getting you ready for those pre week one waiver fabs and 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 all and all the good stuff that goes with it. We'll go position by position, and uh, hopefully have a good time with y'all. Awesome! Thanks everyone for listening. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.